welcome to Geek and Sassy. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with the beautiful and wonderful Miranda. How are you doing, Miranda? This is day 31, and I don't know my name or the oh, day. Oh, well, saying. you're beautiful, wonderful Miranda. That's right. Okay, that's my name? Okay, okay. Actually, I do know the day only because I looked at my calendar. Is it day 31? I guess it is. Yeah. And for us, well, I've noticed it's different day for each person. Right, right. So, like, I think it depends on, um, like, for most people around us, it's only actually, like, day 29 or 30 because they had their kids, you know, our school went to school, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. And then was like, nope, no more. Um, but I only had Caden go to school Monday, and then I was, I realized, like, he had classes that only had, like, four and five kids in them, and I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. Um. So this 31 for us, because I started on the day that, that day one of him not going to school at all, all day. That's when I started it for us. So it's 31 for us. I think it's a little bit longer for you because you guys had spring break. Right. Yeah. We had spring break uh, that whole first week. So yeah, yeah, it is right at day 32 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I never thought I'd say my whole life. Yeah, really. it's it's something else. Um, Twilight Zone. Yeah, and you know, how are you though? Uh, you know, you asked me how I was, but I like it just varies. You? you know, it just varies from like right. day which, to minute. To yeah, minute to minute. Second, which one of my personalities is uh, in control at that? point in time when you ask me how I am. If so. I am, if I'm alone, it's called Mental Breakdown Miranda. Right. Which I think is the majority of the, I was about to say the country, but the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm around, I was going to say other people, but like Emily, I'm around Caden or the dogs. But when I'm around Caden, it's like calm, chill. Mama's okay. Because you have to be, you know, you have to just... Yeah. Yeah, you know, you have to fake it for sure. I will say, I know we try not to get super serious. We do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I have a quote, uh, paraphrasing, that someone, a friend of mine, said to me through um, Instagram Messenger. And it was a private conversation, so I'll, I won't, like, say her name. Because she may not want that. But I had a friend, and we were discussing, like, uh, the differences and how everybody right now is going through something. And then it's a different level for everyone. Um and I said that I, because most listeners and, and you, you, you're the one that I talk to more than anybody, but like knows like kind of what we're dealing with right now. My, my family, at least my personal family and like what your family is dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I feel like uh, at the same time, like I can't complain, like talking to her. I was like, I feel like I can't complain. There are other people that have right. this ordeal or that ordeal. Yeah. And she said something to me that hit me in such a spot that like I've, I'm not like in this amazing place, but I'm in a better place. And so I wanted to share that with everybody else. And it's um, no matter where you are in this journey, because we're all dealing with something, we're all struggling with something, whatever someone else is going through or whatever your neighbor's going through or your sister's going through does not negate what you are going through. And she actually used that word. And it like it hits harder when you actually use that paraphrasing. It does not negate what you are going through. Your feelings are valid. Your thought process is valid and your concern for your situation is valid. And don't let anyone else make you feel like they're in a worse situation than you or that um, you don't deserve to feel the things you're feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that going around because, you know, 
a lot of the workforce, the essential workforce feels like they're doing everything. Everybody else is staying at home. And then the people at home are like, I want to, I need to get out of here. And so it's just, you know, I feel like the longer that it goes on, like it has to go on longer. Like it legit has to, but people, the divide is going to get worse and worse. You know, I'm afraid of that, of what else is going to lead to. Um, But yeah, you have to, you have to be able to, um, acknowledge what others are going through and also give yourself, yourself a break, you know, yes. with what you're doing. Um, and, and, and basically, kind of like what she said, understand that, like, yes, somebody may have it, quote, unquote, air quotes, harder. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish what you're dealing with. I mean, I, I felt that way, like, really hard during WrestleMania, but, like, because I felt guilty that I was devastated by not being able to to have that trip because I'd look forward to it for so long. But, and then, then I felt silly because I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, on the front lines. I'm not in the supermarkets. I'm not in the hospitals. So like just shut up and sit down. But, um, but what did I tell you when you were like, I shouldn't complain to this about you. I told you that was your thing that you were looking forward to or your thing that was part of your life that has been changed or altered. Right. So, so, you, you are allowed to be upset. Some, give yourself some grace about it. Yeah. And, you know. But do remember that other people are going. Like, I'm not saying, like, you should be like, well, yeah, I'm going through something. Yeah. Do remember that other people are going through really tough things. Do remember that people you know, um, probably indirectly or directly, and you don't even realize it, have been um, have tested positive. People, families are separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, essential workers are now non-essential and have been furloughed. Uh, mm-hmm. Essential workers are working, you know, three weeks straight with right. no time off. Right. Uh, there's there's so many different things and out there. It's sort of amazing because we're all just making this up on the fly, you know. We, nobody's ever had to do this before. We're all just kind of trying the best with that we can. It's and like it's everybody is doing that version of the mom five o'clock shovel when you're literally making up a dinner, yeah, like as you make it. Which yeah. is not a comparison. It's just the only like uh, analogy I have for this moment. Um, but, yeah, it's like everybody is doing that dreaded mom, what the hell am I going to cook five o'clock shuffle for every decision of their life right now. Yeah. And it's actually kind of amazing what we've been able to do in the in the month or so that we've done this. Right. Like we've completely turned on a dime so many aspects of our lives and have tried to find alternate ways to get shit done. Like I'm pretty just, impressed with, with uh, some people's way to alternatively get things done. Yeah, I really am. I, I mean, like, it, it's not perfect, and some of it is a shit show, legit, but... Oh, you yeah, know, totally. There are good things that people are doing and mm-hmm. have been able to do out of this. Like, the teachers, the schools, and everything... Yeah. Um, trying to be able to provide for all the kids. And it's not perfect. It's not going to be. But no. a lot of these educators are doing everything that they know how to do um, to get to get their kids through and to get themselves mm-hmm. through, really. So it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to live through this. I mean, it sucks, but it's amazing to live through this time. It kind of gives you uh, a deeper appreciation for some of the things stories that we have heard, the things that our grandparents and our great-grandparents mm-hmm. went through. 
mm-hmm. um, that we've only heard about and acknowledged in history books and been like, man, that's horrible. And I know it's still not on that level, but it's still like it gives you a deeper appreciation. You're like, damn, if like we're struggling with this, imagine what they went through with that. Right. Right, yeah. Uh, whatever that may be. I mean, my gr- I had a grandparent that went through the Great Depression. I had a grandparent that um, fought in multiple wars, and we did not talk about it. Um, both of Jerry's grandparents were in the military. I've told the story of one of them on here before. So, like, it gives you a deeper appreciation of people that, for most of us, especially around our age, a lot of them aren't even present anymore. Yeah. Um, but it does. It gives you a whole new meaning to, like, wow, this is something that they went through, but, like... I, think, I can't imagine. I think that the common um, feeling that we all had, like our past generations, ourselves and everything, that is that feeling of uncertainty. Like you mm-hmm. don't know. You can't plan. Yeah. You can't plan anything. You oh, don't no, you know what is going to happen in three months or three weeks, really. Right. Um, so it and all of that just turns up all this anxiety because you, you want to plan your life you know you want to live your life and that's what we do even people that aren't planners you're a fly you always talk about like fly by the night like fly by the seat of pants like easygoing people mm-hmm. even those people have some sort of plan right. have some sort of exactly. ideal for what they want to do and exactly. even those people can't really do it yeah and so you're just you feel lit lost and and useless and unmotivated and come on even the introverts are upset right now right so <laughs> i mean like not to make jokes but right like, no let's joke i like jokes our it, introvert and cat lady friends are like i can't fucking do this anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh my gosh yeah. anyway but i have a question about that though mm-hmm. so being serious for a moment which i think was great um because it was like legit serious for a minute but i have it makes me leads me up to a question so i've noticed in a lot of these posts and i keep getting told don't follow the uh things but i kind of have to that's how my brain works i know it makes my anxiety high but i have to follow things so i've noticed there's a variation in the people of the world um and so i kind of want our listeners to tell me which one they are it's like where do they fall um and i've been all of three of these so i'll have you go ahead and tell me Mm -hmm. which one you've been as well so um, there's memes about this as, as too. So the big question right now is, are you uh, coronavirus? Are you calling it coronavirus? Are you calling it, um, for the next one, I, I would accept two different answers. Are you calling it COVID or saying COVID-19 when you talk about it? Mm-hmm. Or are you saying, well, then there are those people that, like, I'm not going to include this, but if you want to tell me, are you just like the Rona? I prefer that one only when my brother and I are cracking jokes to try to make my mom feel better. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, or the third option is um, when all this stuff or this thing, when this thing right. or this stuff. Everything is um, going on. Right. Everything is going on. So mm-hmm. are you a mixture of the three? Are you a coronavirus? Are you a COVID? Or are you one of those like when this ends or when this stuff or when all this? Like what would you say you fall under? I'm definitely a mixture of all of those. Um Originally, it was coronavirus, and even tonight when I was in there joking with Ethan, I was saying COVID-19, um, and then when I'm kind of fed up and fucked up, I'll be like, all this shit, all this fucking nightmare, this fucking disaster, this horrible nonsense, you know? I 
find myself when I'm talking to people, especially in message, because you don't want to like, I'm always afraid, like, what do I say? Like, how do I not upset them? I'm always like, you know, and all this stuff. So I find myself like in messaging people, I say, you know, all this crazy or in Mm -hmm. this crazy. And then I'm talking to Caden. I don't know why, maybe because he's an analytical person. Mm -hmm. He, when he's angry, he calls it coronavirus, Mm -hmm. but normally say COVID, this Mm -hmm. COVID. And then, like I said, um, my mom when we're trying to make her feel better, we're like, you know, that Rona. <laughs> yeah. I like saying Rona too. We did that to her because, so apparently for the people that have, um, not as more of a, like what it could be considered a mild case, mm-hmm. they apparently get something. It's almost like strep throat. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, she kept telling me and my brother that her throat was like hurting really, really, really bad. And we kept saying, mom, you've got COVID like, mm-hmm. come on now, which my brother's like, it's that Rona mom. <laughs> He's so southern. But like we're like, Mom, come on, like it's part of it. Like you're one of those people that like you may not have the breathing issues, but she's having like the raw throat, mm-hmm. like the severe, like they they ended up treating her for strep, but then they're like, Oh, oh yeah, that's not strep. Um well, and I, she's like, you know, I just don't get it. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't know, you know, if you wanted to you oh, know. no. I mean, she's in a different state. I've not had any contact with her. So anybody that's like, oh, my God, yeah. I've had contact with Miranda. Calm down. My mom is seven hours away from me. She does not listen to this podcast, so she doesn't really care. And it's one of those, like, the health department knows and people that, like, if anybody has questions, like, how does it work if you test positive, what happens, who gets told, I'll be glad to, to like, answer those for you. Like, feel free to message me and be like, how does this work? What, what happens? Um, but, like, the town I come from is this tiny little town, and when she first got diagnosed, like, they came out and said where she worked, mm-hmm. and that a person that was employed, um, which actually she runs the whole place, so, mm-hmm. like, a person that was employed here, and she had all these people messaging her and was like, can you tell me who has it, because I need to know if I had contact with them, and that's not how that works. The health department will actually contact you if you had extended exposure with the person, oh. and then they decide if you need to be tested or not, Um because, like, if you just went into the store and came out real quick, and because she doesn't touch a whole lot of the stuff, being the manager of the store, mm-hmm. she actually doesn't touch much of the stuff. Everybody else does. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She does, like, all the paperwork and, and all of that stuff. So, like, um, it was explained to her, like, if people just went in and went out and did their business and did out, get out, like, we're supposed to be doing right now, like, your chances of catching it from her are really low. Right. Like, really low. More than likely, one of them who came in and touched everything and had coffee meetups with their friends are the ones that gave it to her. Right. But so all these people were messaging her and I almost went on like this tirade and then I realized nobody would know what I was talking about. So I almost went on this tirade on Facebook that was like, you are not asking who at a business has the coronavirus because you are concerned with, do you have it? You asking it because you a nosy ass. I was going to say like, I feel like there's a stigma right now too about it because <laughs> right i feel like you would want to hide it you know what i mean like she kind of is and in a lot of ways like she can't because like um it sounds really weird because think of all the places down here where we are mm-hmm. that are smaller than where i'm from and they have like curbside pickup and doordash and all those none of that shit we don't have any of that up there right right, right. so like she can't we were trying to do curbside pickup order from somewhere in the next town order for someone else to go pick it. And then so she could pay for it herself with her with her card. Somebody else would pick it up and then leave it on her doorstep and there would be no contact. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, why is your mom needing somebody to pick up her pharmacy? Why is your mom needing? And I was like, 
Like, hey, no, I really can't have you bring me casserole into the house. Like, if you want to bring us something, that's great. But, like, you've got to leave it on the doorstep. You can't come in at all. Like, you know, you can leave things on the porch. No big deal. And so she finally told some people that obviously are trying to be helpful. But, like, she didn't tell people that were just being nosy. But, like, I would like to take this as a learning, as a teaching moment to be like, don't be that fucking person. Because Mm -hmm. my mom cried for two days because... Instead of getting, like, I'm so sorry, we're praying for you, if you're a praying person, or, like, I'm sending you love and healing, she got all these messages of, tell me who it is, I need to know if you get, if you guys gave it to me. And oh, I'm like, well. and she cried, I mean, because you already feel like shit. Like, yeah. imagine, yeah. She basically is right now saying it's, like, the worst flu and strep combined that she's ever had in her life, and it's lasting for weeks. Oh. We're on week two right now, so. But, yeah, so... There's that. But, so when we're talking to my mom, I'm trying to make her feel better, and that's why we're trying to make her feel better. My brother and I'll be like, because you got the Rona, Mom. <laughs> I'm not like today she texts me, and she's like, yeah, so she, she refused to say you were right, which I was right. <laughs> she refused to say you were right. She's like, yeah, so I have this thing. It's called a corona throat infection, and I was like, uh, being scared as much. And my brother and my brother's like call her on three way, and he lives in the house with her now, mind you. Mm-hmm. So he makes me like call her while we're on the phone. He's like, "Ready?" He's like, "What's wrong with you, mom?" She's like, "My throat's hurting really bad." And we both went, "You got the Rona." Because <laughs> for some people, this may not be a laughing matter, but this is our way of handling it. This is our way of making her feel better. I do not have for a second. I'm not afraid that she's not going to make it. I feel like she's going through the worst of it right now. I feel like she's going to make it 100%. She's not having the breathing issues that a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, she's hit board level. Jenny checks on her quite often, and I told Jenny today, she's hit board level, which means, what did you say, Jenny? It's like a little kid, like, go to your room. Yeah, because it's like you keep offering, like, do this <laughs> and do that and do this and do that. Yes, and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Shut up and go away. Um, Warcraft because she grew up playing D anD D, and like um, she's the one that played Nintendo games when we got our first Nintendo. And like we had an Atari when I was the only child, and her and my dad weren't married yet. So I was like, I'll teach you how to play Warcraft. I'll give you a starter account. Like I can gift you one. I'll teach you. She's like, ah. I'm like, okay. Well, how about read? She's a huge. She was a huge reader. One of the reasons why I'm a big reader. And she's like, ah, I just can't sit still long enough to do that right now. And I'm like. And plus, you know, she feels like shit. And so she does. She truly does. And like, she misses everything. And it's, you know. Yeah. Just, I feel bad. And she's like, so you don't think I'll be able to go back to work next week? I'm like, no. no. Ah! <laughs> she's a workaholic, by the way. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. No. Oh, yeah, that's that's a. Mm. I know I've several times been like, mm, bless your heart. She's like, don't you sack me. And I'm like. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Marie but, Catherine! But I don't know what you're talking about. Legit, bless her heart, though. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, I legit have yeah. given her a few, like, I'm sorry, bless your heart. But then, like, the past few days, it's been like, mm, bless your heart. <laughs> Marie Catherine, don't you talk to me like that! <laughs> be like, where'd I learn it? <laughs> so, tweet us, um, at Geek and Sassy. Yes. Tell us what your, um, your preferred name for all this going on here. <laughs> all this going on here in this, uh, here in my woods and your woods. And if you have it, I will send lots of love and healing light. Yes. And we're here for you. We are. Talk to us, you know? Yeah. We'll do what we can. 
We've said it before. I mean, unless you message us creepy things, we pretty much respond. Yeah. And if you message us creepy things, it depends on what kind of creepy things we talk about. We probably still responded. <laughs> probably so, knowing me. We probably screen shared it with the other one first, but we responded. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of our um, quarantine edition of Geek and Sassy read streams and downloads basically yeah there are probably yeah probably more of these there's no but... lack of read streams and no downloads definitely not uh it's so funny because i was like going through netflix i'm like what the fuck have i been watching because uh, i can't remember for some reason very damn thing you know um well, you know it, coincidentally you and i kicked off not knowing we kind of kicked off quarantine by being able to spend time with each other we did and yes. it was like Wham! Stay in your home! Yeah, we, we got that one last weekend in. Um, I was glad. I was, I was actually thinking about that earlier today. It was nice. It was. It was really nice. Um, but hopefully soon. You never know. I don't know. We bought out the liquor store. Well, we did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. And we had interesting story. Funny story. So Jenny and I go to her grocery shopping, and we decide I'll just do mine too because there was way more available where she lives. Yeah, that was like right at the beginning of the panic. Right, like right at the like, and people were already freaking out, hoarding. There was like no toilet paper, no bottled right, water. Right. This is like March, the weekend after my birthday. So it was like yeah. the weekend of like March tenth, eleventh, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. So um, the, this, we're talking about how Dasani water sucks. Don't yeah. add us. No. <laughs> okay. It sucks. It's horrible. It's horrible for you. Yeah. Sorry. I love Coke and the Coca-Cola company, but I do not like their water. No, anyway, off that rant. So we're having this discussion in the checkout line at um, one of her Walmarts. And the guy behind us with his alcohol, too, comes up and joins in the conversation and is like, yeah, you're right. Well, we then start talking about alcohol with this gentleman. And Jenny's like, oh, hey, if you wanted any Jack Daniels, sorry, there ain't none left. <laughs> and he's like. You hoarder. <laughs> like, sorry. Lady, the lady behind the register. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. And I don't know where she was, but she had, like, a heavy accent. So she's like, oh, my God. And we are dying laughing. And she's like, what? And the guy's like, oh, no, no, no. I did not call her that. I did not call her that. I called her a hoarder. Hoarder. <laughs> and, and I'm like, ha, ha, whore. <laughs> I'm a Jack Daniels whore. Oh, my God. That was, like, to everybody else, they're like, what the fuck? That is not funny. It was hysterical. <laughs> it was funny. It was really funny, and especially when people were fighting over toilet paper, it was just, like, great. It was yep. great. Yep. And then she made me watch the entire season of Love is Blind. Yes. I did make you watch Love is Blind. Yes. It's one of the greatest days of my life. And she took reaction photos and sent them to her, my friends. I did. Or our friends without my not acknowledgement or knowledge of said pictures and she's the queen of let me see the picture first <laughs> so we actually kicked off quarantine by buying booze together yes jenny may not have gotten called a whore she's not a whore <laughs> <laughs> we did shots and we watched did do shots on. we did do shots Jenny's like, I'm going to do a shot. You won't do one with me. And I was, I sat there for a second and I was like, fucking COVID sucks. And I did like shots. She's like, all right then. We did the Jameson cold brew shots, didn't we? Yeah. Interesting. That shit is good. I wish I had a way to describe it. So, okay. 
Imagine the best cold brew coffee you've ever had, mm-hmm. and that's different for everybody, but mm-hmm. for me, that's what it was. Imagine the best, like, nitro cold brew. I'm not a fan of coffee. With, like, a deep, like, heavily aged Jameson, mm-hmm. all in one, like, really warm, soothing shot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just about the time that, like, it goes down and, like, there's that little bit of burn in the back of your throat, you get this kick of, like, coffee. coffee. And yeah. you're like, wow. And it's, like, it's, just, like, bitter and sweet all at the same time. And it's, like, <sighs> it's really good. Like, so, I, will, I will pour, I will pour that into my regular coffee. <laughs> so, it's, like. I just added Jameson to my uh, Sonic cup that had cherry Coke in it. I mean. <laughs> So, hey, Jameson, if at any time, I've said this to a few other companies and I still haven't heard anything, I'm still waiting. I'm still here, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, if at any time Jameson would like to sponsor Jenny and I, I mean, hit us up because yeah. we are rated eSport exclusive and mm-hmm. I feel like we could talk about Jameson all we want. We can. We'll do that for free probably. but I will do it for free, but I mean, if you want to send me a, a nice bottle, <laughs> especially one of those that needs a calf, like one of the, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. All right. I'm not going to turn it down. Well, um, speaking of stuff that we have been watching, let's yep. talk about some streams. Since we're doing read streams and downloads on this episode, um, what have you been watching? A lot. You Okay, so it, it all started with Love is Blind, mm-hmm. which Jenny and Tim have an amazing episode about that, so mm-hmm. go listen. Um Jenny knows all my thoughts, because when I got home and finished it, I did a play-by-play tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick summary of that show is, oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> like, I'm 34. <laughs> I'm 34. I'm 34. I'm 34. Like, Mark is 24. Um, I'm told I do that really too well. You, you do that really well, actually. What I did find out after watching this, though, though, mm-hmm. um, is that this all, which I knew from, like, the home visit, live together thing, that they were all in Atlanta, so I figured they all had to be from Atlanta. So they are. That yeah. the pods, the housing unit with the pods is somewhere in Atlanta. They won't disclose where, obvious for reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is somewhere in Atlanta. There will be a season two. Yes. Um, and all of the quote-unquote talent, because they're not really talent, it's like a bachelor, you have to apply, right. all of those that are pulled in, they actually are all from the Atlanta area, so that's kind of cool. That is cool. That's pretty close to us, so I thought that was cool, but like, I'm sorry, I'll say it here again, um, excuse me, Love is Vine producers, what happened to, um, well crap, now I just forgot, the, uh, who was the one that I was like, oh my god, he looks like, Larnett. I need to know what happened to Virgin Barn. Will Arnett. Like, why did I not get more of him? I was truly interested in Virgin Will Arnett. <laughs> oh, Virgin. Remember? Because he was like, the I'm virgin a virgin. Guy, and they yeah. all like, shit about they, it. So they cut virgin, him right out of the show. Right virgin knockoff Will Arnett. Like, I was truly interested in him. So all you, like, thirsty people that was like, oh, he's a virgin. I'm done. Like, I need to know more. So, Well, see, my theory was that they filmed both seasons and with that one group of people so like i like that theory they and kind split of it up that maybe is the case that the other men and women that we only caught glimpses of when right. they were in the like the men house and the women house that we get to see more of that i just don't want any more jessica like no i can't mm-hmm. handle no more of that 
And the or, best thing it, about that whole show was Cameron and Lauren. Lauren. Mm-hmm. And I won't spoil it because it is still a fairly new thing, but they are the best thing about that whole show. They're awesome. And there's a, they did a reunion, too, they after um, after all that. So you get to see, like, where where they are now. Um, yeah. A couple people have a couple choice words for each other, which I thought was fantastic. So um, cannot recommend Love is Blind enough. And I hear there's a couple of other shows that are... I've stumbled across a few on Netflix that I've said, because I watched that, you should mm-hmm. watch this. And mm-hmm. some of them are British, mm-hmm. which intrigued me even more. Right. Um, and one was about, actually, one was not about dating. It's about polygamy. And I was, like, still kind of interested. And I hate reality TV. And now, all of a me sudden, too. I'm like. But now, you know. Now, I'm like, I think I might want to just check all this out. Uh, yep. Like, who's? If it's a cool concept, then I might check it out. I've heard Love Island, the British and Australian, or the Australian version. I don't think they just take that back on British version. The Australian version of Love Island, which we did try to do here in the U.S., apparently didn't go over so well. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend that you would have never, you would not picture him uh, like watching reality TV or dating reality TV at that matter. He's obsessed with this show, and he says that everyone should watch it. So that I'm kind of like, well, I got the time, right? So, all right, what else you been watching? Um, so there's a show on Netflix, it's, um, I think it's on Canadian television, and then, uh, U.S. Netflix has it as an original, you know how they do that, Mm -hmm. like, in various countries, so it's called Kim's Convenience, and there's four seasons currently, um, I have two episodes left of the fourth season, so I can go ahead and talk about it. It is about a Korean family that came to Canada, like, years ago, because their kids are adults. Um, and so it's, like, it's their family of four, and they own a convenience store, or what you would call, like, a corner market. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, everything that goes along with being a Korean family in another country, and, like, their kids being, like, American, because, you know, they were born in America. Mm-hmm. Or, not American, not American, Canadian, excuse me. Right. They're Canadian, because they were born in Canada. It's habit to want to say America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here, it's basically the same, yeah. but yeah. It's a Canadian show, so they're, like, Canadian, <laughs> and, like, so they're, like, anyway, and it's really funny. It's hysterical, and the mom is, because uh, I have several Korean friends, the mom is, like, straight up quintessential, like, sneak attack Korean mom has to, like, she shows up at the girl's apartment, and, like, is just, she's like, oh, I just, I just want to spend time with you, I just love you, and she's like, what's in your hand, mom, and she's like, I'm just going to change your sheets, and she's like, what's in your other hand, mom, and it's like the girl's thumb drive from her computer, and she's like, no, you are snooping, and she's like, maybe as a snoop, maybe as a snoop, I just need to know what you're doing with your life. And then, like, the dad and the son don't speak, and so the daughter and the mom still go spend time with him, but, like, don't bring him up around the dad. Mm-hmm. And so there's also the dynamic of them, like, all becoming, like, a, a family together again, and the dad and um, the son kind of rebuilding their relationship in a very weird way. Hmm. And the dad is, like, never wrong. <laughs> it has a bunch of good reviews. It, it is great. It is, it is really funny. Um I feel like if you're somebody that likes Parks and Rec type humor mm-hmm. or um, I'm trying to think of others that might be similar. Um, I don't know. There's a show that came out on NBC this year that started this year. Um, crap. Now I can't think of the name of it. But it's, anyway, it's like that kind of funny vibes. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm really liking it. Like I said, I only have two episodes left of season four. They only have 13 episodes that run between 26 and 30-minute slots. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty easy binge. Um, and yeah, it's like, that sounds cool. Yeah, comedy right now is great. So, and I don't dig, like, just any comedy. Right. So I really, really liked this. I would heavily recommend it. Awesome. I'll check it out. It's fun. Um, I was trying to think which one I want to talk about. I guess we can just go back and forth so we don't. Yeah, go back and forth while I, because I need to pull up my, I've not been on just Netflix. Uh, Yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, I was going through Netflix and. I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. I probably need to go through Amazon, and I didn't. But I will talk about something that I discovered just like two days ago, um, which I knew it was a thing, but I never watched it. It's called Pennyworth, and it it is on um, is Epix E P I X, and it is the story of Alfred Pennyworth from. Um, Gotham, you know, Batman's butler. Uh, it is his backstory. So, they don't really say, like, what year it is, but it's, you know, a while ago. was <laughs> in the yeah. past, obviously. One of those, um, like, you know, it's not, like, present day 2020. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, set in the past, and it's in England. And it is honestly really great i'm halfway through i'm like on episode five there's 10 episodes and it is the production quality is really good they have really awesome action scenes because his Mm -hmm. background is that he um was in the army for 10 years Mm -hmm. and he was in like an elite unit and um so and him and his two best friends survived everything that they went through um and he wants to after coming out of the army he wants to build like a private security firm like as his job and so he gets started in that with his two best friends and meets a girl falls in love with her um gets wrapped up in a bunch of crazy circumstances he meets um Thomas Wayne he meets Martha Kane in two separate you know instances mm-hmm. so he has relationships with both of them not you know relationship but you know he knows both of them and uh, he helps them both out they hire him for his security firm and there's a really like cool action scenes and um, great uh, locations for all of these ops that they do Uh um really just very cinematic looking and then there's alfred himself who is marvelous the actor's name is jack bannon and he has that perfect alfred accent and like um like the one from dark knight like uh what's his face's accent Oh my God! Why is his name escaping? These are these are names we know. That yes, like... yes, I'm an idiot for not thinking. Anyway, um, he's he's like funny and dashing and tough and uh, smart, 
confident. I mean, like, he... I've always, like, really loved Alfred as a character. It's everything you want in your Alfred. Yes, and it's everything that I wanted his backstory to be. Because you Mm -hmm. knew that he had to have such a crazy life to to be where he's at, you know, with the Waynes eventually. um, To put up with Bruce, especially. But... It's it's fantastic. Like I like I said, I'm only halfway through, but I am digging the hell out of this show. It's very bingeable. The episodes are I think about an hour each. Forty five minutes an hour each. Um, so really fun watch. Because a lot of times I will like like we've talked about before, I will start a show but it gets tedious and I will just fall off of it. Um, but this one Definitely, it's just keeping my attention. Every episode, it's really, 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 really great show. My husband absolutely loved this show, like loved, loved, loved it. So yeah, I'm I'm so excited. And um, it's hard for him to sit down and be like, I love this show. He has like a small handful of shows that he like he really likes, and mm-hmm. this one did it for him. So I, I don't know what the, they've got like as far as the season two or not, but I really hope so. Cause, and, and it's like a comic book, too. Like, the episodes mm-hmm. are, um, like, self-contained, sort of. But they all are episodic, of course. You know what I mean when I say that. But You do but, need them to feed to the next one. But right, they yeah. contain a story within each episode, exactly. too. That's what I mean. Um, so, it's just, it's great. Like, I, if, you can, if you can get some epics, totally watch. I, maybe it'll come to Netflix or some, something eventually but I love this show it's really awesome what else she got um so over on Hallmark Channel I found a show that like I've talked about wanting to watch before I never really did it I knew that once I watched it I would really like it so it's one of those like heartwarming kind of deals but it also has it's the one that Lori Lawson was in, and when all that, like, college stuff happened, mm-hmm. Hallmark, like, wrote her out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Wind Calls the Heart, and it follows, apparently, and actually, fun fact, Wind Calls the Heart, um, Hallmark made a movie, I don't remember what year, it's been, like, a while ago now. Hallmark made a made-for-TV movie that they do, that's what they're known for, mm-hmm. called When Calls the Heart. And it's the same story, but just in a hour-and-a-half-long, two-hour movie, mm-hmm. where Stephen Amell actually plays one of the main characters. Oh. He plays the Mountie, Mountie Jack. Um, and so what happened is, I guess that, and it's based off a book series, which I did not know, actually, believe it or not, did not know that what I was watching was a series of books before watching it. Um, it was received really well, and so they decided to make it several years later into a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that had played um, the main characters in the movie, it just, I don't know why, but they chose not to go that direction. So clearly Stephen Amell is not in the TV show mm-hmm. as Nelty Jack. Um, Daniel, I always say his name, Daniel Lissing is, mm-hmm. who, nice looking man, he did well. And then actually there were some people that were in the movie that came back um, for their spot in TV show, Lori Lawson being one of them, which she, until was fired by Hallmark, was one of the queens of Hallmark, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so it's a, it's a, it's in, it's set in Canada, again, I don't know what this theme is going on here, it's not doing it on purpose, people, um, but it's set in Canada during, like, um, the Old West days, when we were starting to, like, 
we still had little mining towns and we still had coal towns out like on the far side of the U.S. and, and up into Canada, right? So a young lady who is actually of like money and stature um, decides that she's going to become a teacher, um, which was still fairly new. Um, for a woman to have a job, you know, um, mm-hmm. so she's going to become a teacher and she migrates from the big city where she's known and her parents are well to do to teach in a small coal mining town. And when she first arrives, um, this is all like right off from the get go, the mine, maybe a month or so before that had a horrible collapse and um, now it's left half the town's women widowed. Oh, no. And they're kind of divided, but together because, like, they're divided in a way because a lot, you know, there are people that they didn't lose their um, their spouse. And not only are some of them, not only are they widowed, like Lori Laughlin's character, but her son was old enough to work in the mine, so she lost her husband and her son. Mm. So they kind of, it, like, comes into, like, this devastating experience. Um, she's the new teacher, and she the reason that they need a teacher is they're like, you know, look, just because that our kids have gone through this horrible thing. They need school. We can't do this anymore. The town, you know, but we're going to pay you out of our pockets as the parents because our children need this. Mm-hmm. And then um, the new Mountie comes in because they realize, like, there's a lot going on in this town. There's a lot of accidents and things happening. So um, that's hence the coming in of a Mountie. So here, if you remember in the Wild West days, they would send in um, like a Pinkerton or um, less of the Pinkertons, even though they were involved and more of like. A marshal, U.S. Marshals. Mm-hmm. So it would be like them sending a marshal into town to be the sheriff of the town. So that's what gotcha. they did. They sent in a Mountie. Um, and very quickly, you understand, and of course it's Hallmark, so it's a huge will they, won't they? But her and the Mountie, Mountie Jack, um, end up in a back-and-forth, back-and-forth relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes friends with a lot of these widows. People grow on you. People you hated. They change. Um you, you, you know, like always, you've got that great hill character that redeems yourself, and it's currently still running. I think this is season seven, um, and it won't spoil anything that happens ever, but I just want to say as far as, because uh, when they fired Lori Laughlin, which I was one of those people who was like, okay, whatever, just let her work. What she did was wrong. Mm-hmm. She's not the only person that's ever done that, and they're using her as an example, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, that really sucks. What she did. Totally wrong. Yes, she should get in trouble. But used her as an example, and Hallmark felt like that didn't fit their brand. I get it. They fired her. So the episode that was supposed to air, they fired on Monday, and the show comes on on Sundays, right? So they already had the episode ready to go that was supposed to air on Sunday. And they were like, eh, halt, and they didn't air. And they completely redid, they reshot the next, like, three um, episodes. Because you and I have talked about this before. A lot of times when the season is going They've only done so many episodes, and they're still doing them while the rest of the season goes on. Um, So they, like, halted for a few weeks, and they were like, we're going to fix this. There are so many ways that you could have wrote her off because you fired her, and I get it. I get it. There are so many ways that you could have done it. The way they did it was the absolute, like, worst, like, excuse for... And not, like, worst as in, like, oh, they did her dirty. Like, it was just, like, the worst excuse for writing when you are scrambling to change something that I've ever come across in my entire life. Okay. Um, it spoils nothing, so I'll tell you how they did it. And if you don't want to know, like, skip ahead about a minute or so. So, um, the main character, Elizabeth Thatcher, who is the teacher, played by Erin Krakow, 
She um, writes a lot, and some of the later, more recent episodes in in season six and seven and and so forth, because this has happened in six, she writes at the beginning of the show, and, like, it's um, her, you don't actually see, she's not reading it, but, like, her character's narrating what she's writing, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the words right. Anyway, um, so she is sitting there at her desk, and she's writing in her, like, journal diary, because she's also, as she's going, she wants to be an author, and so she's, like, writing about the stories of the West, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, in this one, she simply is writing in her journal, and she's talking about um, Lawson's character, who's named Abigail, had to leave um, with other members of her family that I won't mention, because that does give a lot of things away. Um, Abigail has had to leave and go back east because her mother is very ill and she needs to take care of her and she realizes this is the right thing to do and she hopes that everything goes well because Abigail is such an amazing part of the town and community and so she's so loved and care about and she really is her best friend. That's it! Oh my god. For the rest of the season, she's not talked about, she's not brought up. Nothing. It's not like, have you heard from Abigail? Because you would mm-hmm. think, because of the circumstances, have you heard from Abigail? Or she actually ran a diner mm-hmm. called Abigail's Cafe. And so it used to be when they would refer to the cafe, like, for example, the one young lady that works there, they'd be like, I know you've been really busy at Abigail's. Or, mm-hmm. hey, I'm having lunch. No, sorry, I'm having lunch at Abigail's. And it went from that to that. They went to that, like her writing that letter saying Abigail had loved to take care of her mother. And then all of a sudden went into... I know you're busy at the cafe. Oh, yeah, I'm eating at the cafe. And, like, never again. So this is, like, just a couple of episodes into season six, and we're now in seven. Never again, not once, has anybody bought up Abigail. <laughs> never. They just retconned all of hey, Abigail. And I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I get your piss at her. Come on, Hallmark. I get it. But, like, that is the poorest excuse. Like, I could have written something better. That's hilarious. Like, you could have killed her. Like, there's a lot of things you could have done. You could have killed her. You could have bankrupt her. You could have, like, set it up where, I don't know. And so some, but some, what happened is I was like, is that really how they get rid of her? I was like, surely not. That's the shittiest thing ever. And so, like, I skipped forward a couple episodes to read the synopsis, and her name was in, like, so that was, like, episode two or three, right? Mm-hmm. And her, so her name gets brought up in the synopsis of six, and I was like, oh, okay. They're gonna they're gonna make this better. Nope, it's that they already had the synopsises of the episodes written when they ah, submitted them. So right. like the way I watch TV, it had already been submitted to that thing that gotcha. uh, server. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Uh, <clears throat> it had already been submitted to that area, mm-hmm. and it was never changed. So yes, that is that is exactly how they they just flat out were like, she gone. Well. Maybe that's an opening for her to come back. So that maybe that's why they didn't kill her. Yeah, but if you had any thought process that you might hire this person back that is this character. Because you could have even done, people have done it before where suddenly Abigail's not the same person. Right, yeah, true. I mean, <clears throat> hello Harry recast, Potter. We entirely changed. Yeah. I mean, ethnicities, but yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway. They could just recast. They could have totally recasted. They mm-hmm. have a whole plethora because they're known for working with the same actors over and over mm-hmm. again, which is another reason why I don't think the lady that played Elizabeth Thacker in, in the movie and Stephen Amell, like, it's no fault of theirs. Like, they were great at it, but I think that may have been one of the reasons why they weren't asked back mm-hmm. is because they do have 
a cabinet file, so to speak, of people that they, you know, for example, they work with Cameron Discameron Beret over and over, Lisa Chabert, um, you know, they list, they work with some of the same people right, repetitively. Right. Um, so I think that also maybe why they changed to Aaron and Daniel as the main characters instead of, and I can't even remember the lady's name that starred with, with Stephen Amell. I just knew it was Stephen Amell because I already Stephen knew Amell. who it was. Yeah. yeah, like Stephen Amell, come on. Which, by the way, if you're interested in anything like that, go back and watch his, the movie version of it. It, it was really good. He did a great job. Um, but yeah, you could have easily recast and been what, like... What's it called again? When Calls the Heart. Okay. Which the title plays into something that she tells her dad, because her dad being the quote-unquote hoity-toity is like, just come back here, do this, we'll get you this job he's here. Mm-hmm. And she talks about she had, you have to do in life what your heart calls you to do and like what you're, you know, where you're led by your heart. Right. And so that's hence the name of the show. Gotcha. Which is cutesy, and if you're not a Hallmark person, then, like, if you're one of those people that are like, ugh, Hallmark, then you're not going <laughs> to like this. Like, you're, you're not. It is a little bit more dastardly than some yeah. Hallmark things, but, um, and it has, I don't know if you remember, did you ever watch Eureka? Um, no. Well, okay. some. Some? Yeah. Um, there was a guy on there, he was a robot on the show. Mm-hmm. He's not really, obviously. Mm-hmm. His name is Kevin Smith. <laughs> I mean, if he is, that's He's really him. not a robot, obviously. Well, I don't know anymore. I am no longer questioning anything. So, Mr. Kevin Smith, if you're a robot, like, that's impressive. I still dig you. Um, but he was on Eureka. So, like, he's another one that they use on Hallmark a lot now that I knew from that. And he's in it. Love him. He doesn't show up until, like, a couple seasons in. But love him. So, it does have people that... Like, you, there are right. people that right. people know. So, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, uh, season seven is current. It comes on on Sunday nights um, on Lifetime. Or, not on Lifetime. Dear God, Hallmark will shoot me for that one. <laughs> comes on Hallmark Channel um, on Sunday nights. If you don't have, and here's why I said Lifetime by accident. If you don't have Hallmark channels, there is an app you can purchase, and they have a yearly, monthly option. Again, they don't sponsor us at all, but um, it's called Friendly. For some reason, when I was thinking Friendly, I was thinking Lifetime. Anyway, it's called Friendly, and so if you're somebody like me that you have a hard time finding um, how you're going to watch these shows because you don't have cable, you cut the cord, um, I highly recommend the Friendly app because it has all of all the Hallmark channels because, you know, there's movies and mysteries regular. Um, but you can watch it through there, and it has a spinoff show, which I haven't started yet, but it's about these girls that show up in season five um, called When Hope Calls. Um and those girls are pretty interesting, and they're a little bit younger, so I've seen the boys that are tossed in on their show, and I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, one thing I like about, I guess one positive part about quarantine is that you can go back and watch shows that you've missed, and you've yes. been meaning to watch, and... That everybody knows how great they are, but you just never got into them for whatever reason. And so I have a couple of these ongoing right now, but the one that I'm into right now is Breaking Bad. Um, I know that that is a great show. I mean, I've heard from tons of people that it is great. Um, 
and then it has a spinoff series and it has a movie on Netflix as well. And so I'm in like halfway, I want to say halfway through season two uh, right now. And if if you missed out on Breaking Bad, you should definitely go back and watch it because um, it's truly stunning. Um, that It will trigger you. Now, some parts of it is hard to watch, especially um, if you know anybody that has dealt with cancer. Uh, that's definitely hard to watch some. Um, there's a lot of, obviously, drug problems on the show. Murder and whatnot. Um, murder late and be happy. But there was a scene early in the season that was so gruesome and unlike anything else I've ever seen that hooked me on the show. Like We must have not made it that far then. I remember we watched chunks of season one, like we watched parts of season one and then we stopped at some point, so I yep. must have missed that somewhere. This, this is like the second time that I've attempted, second or third, I think, that I've attempted it. And I think that some of the things that bothered me put me off of it, you know, like the triggering things that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time I just pushed through and then I saw this fucking scene and it was just like okay i have to watch this now and then it just it keeps getting better and better um so definitely worth a try again if you've not seen pretty bad i think it's important sometimes to revisit shows that you tried to watch and like you didn't make it through unless you can pinpoint exactly why because we've talked about that in the four years i think we're at now um in the four years that we've been doing this is sometimes it's not that we don't like a show it's just at that moment, like you said, for that one example, there were some triggering things and you weren't ready for that. Um, and other times it's like how I had to go back to Arrow. I was something there was a disconnect and I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really, like you said, it's a good thing to go back and kind of revisit and to maybe try it again. See if maybe you really can do it or nope, nope, you just weren't able to do it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's funny too because it's it's from like, you know, the seasons that, the first season's from 2008, uh-huh. and that's so long ago. You know, like, their tech... It really was. Their tech is very weird. Like, it's just weird to, like... It's a weird era to go back to, because it feels like it should be recent, but when you think about it, it's really not. Um, well, 2008 was that in-between of, like, yes, we all had a cell phone then, but no, everybody still did not have the internet. Um like, how we grew up, like, we didn't have internet, we didn't have cable. So, in, like, 2008, like, no, a lot of people still didn't have internet, they still didn't have cable. You no longer had home phones, but everybody did have um, cell phones now. I think they were just beginning to be smartphones. Yeah, they don't have smartphones yet. Oh, yeah, they're just beginning. Like, the version of smartphone in 2008 is, like, a BlackBerry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so to go back and see something like that would be different. Yeah, it is. Um, but the acting is incredible. Um, I mean, were they nominated and, oh, and slash yeah. a one yeah. for several things yeah. over? Uh, Brian Cranston, uh, I think, won a ton mm-hmm. of awards, and uh, as he should. I mean, he's incredible. He, he's great at what he does. Like yeah. he was made to be an actor. Um, That's and from what I could tell, it just get you know from what I've heard from friends, it just gets better. So I'm 
really looking forward to that. Aaron Paul is really great in it as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, what else you have? Um, so on Acorn TV, which is a British television app mm-hmm. that I'm obsessed with. Um, I was gifted an entire year of Acorn for my birthday last year, and the person that gifted it to me decided that they were going to just re-gift, you know, give me another year this year. Oh, nice. So, heck yeah, right? Like, I'm going to take it. So, the show, I've talked about it before because it's uh, one of my favorite cozy mystery book series um, that was turned into a television show that was canceled. And because of the American viewership petitioning, like, don't get rid of our show, it's back. Um, and that's the Agatha Raisin from the Agatha Raisin series which, oh, yeah. uh, by M.C. Beaton, which actually she passed away just a couple of months ago. Um, so there won't be any more new, but there's like 40. Mm-hmm. And she apparently had some written and like sitting with the publisher already. So there's a couple more to come. But like if you are an Agatha Raisin fan, like might want to savor those because there's not any more. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just sad. The, the lady, she put her heart and soul into those books, and she was creeping in age. Um, but she was an executive producer of the show as well, so she had, like, she was very happy with where the show was going and what it was doing. So I feel like uh, it'll continue to go in that in her honor. And so they came out with the newest series, and I like the way they do it because they don't drop all of them at the same time. There are, I want to say... Like, seven. It's true, British TV. There's, like, seven episodes in this series. And it was really cool how they did it. They When they brought it back, they dropped one right around Halloween, which I think I talked about. Because they did, it was, um, it's like a haunted house type one. Um, and then they brought one a little bit later. I think it came out, like, closer to Christmas or maybe right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So then they dropped, and they did, like, once a week, and then eventually it was like, okay, here are all of them. So there's seven, and I binged them really quickly. They stay true to Agatha Raisin and who she is. There's more of the hijinks that ensue, and now she actually has, we're, we've moved into the parts of the book where she owns her own detective agency. She's not just a, like, fly-by-night, like, sticking her nose in things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She is still an amateur, but she does have her own um, place now, and it kind of is like her life plus the cases that she's solving. So a lot of the times, the episodes, it'll be like two episodes will cover one case. Mm -hmm. So episodic in a way, in the sense that there is still a story going on the whole time, like between her and her um, on-again, off-again flame, and then the other people around her, um, and her relationships with other characters in the show, but there's that definition. It closes out. The cases get closed out. They just don't keep dragging on, um, which I really like. And I love things like this. And it's the whole reason that I, like, want to tour the Cotswolds because they actually film this in the Cotswolds. So hmm. it's really cool. If you like British television or you like mystery with humor, this is perfect. There is humor. There's snark. The lady that does this, um, she was in, got, I didn't realize it, but, the show Extras, which a lot of people... Oh, yeah. Okay. Ashley Jensen, that is Ooh, in Extras... Oh, I love her. ...is Agatha Raisin. Oh. She's, yeah, she's Agatha Raisin. So, like, our friend Ben, yeah. um, he and I were talking about the British and American shows that we like, and I was telling him about Agatha Raisin, and he was like, oh, yeah, the girl from Extras. And I was like, yes! And he's like, I 
think, don't quote me, Ben might kill me. I think he said that means he might have to watch it. I think that means Miranda might make him, but I'm just saying. Do it. It um, Right now it's only at uh, series, three series, Mm -hmm. instead of seasons, they call them series. There's that, there are three of them. And like I said, they are anywhere between seven and ten episodes in each. So another, like, easy to binge. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the factor of could you play with your phone and watch this show, I'd say yes and no, <laughs> because it is a mystery. So there are little things that happen that if you didn't see it, mm-hmm. like, if you're one of those that likes to try to figure it out before the end of the episode, you might not. <laughs> But it is, it's not like, oh, what, crap, what was that show? Oh, when we were like, Witcher, you can't do anything else. Yeah. You can, but, like, not to the level of Witcher. It's not that bad, but it's not like listening to the voice and and playing on your phone. It's not the same. So, I highly recommend that. I have always highly recommended that. Um, The books are fantastic. If you are someone that can handle audiobooks, the narrator does a pretty good job. Um... And a lot of times, they are part of when Audible does a sale. Mm-hmm. So more often than not, you can get them for between three and five ninety nine a book. Okay, so. cool. Lots there. All right. Uh, this last one that I wanted to talk about is just complete and absolute nonsense. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, you could definitely play on your phone and uh, watch this. But it's I think a, I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. I don't? Oh. It, it is a movie on Netflix. It is called Murder Party. That is not what I thought you were going to say. It is a ridiculous horror movie um, where this rando, uh, weird-ass, strange... It's comedy horror, right? Yeah, it's comedy okay. horror. Uh, this really weird guy gets a, a Halloween party invitation, and then... Everything gets fucked up after that, and these group of people trying to murder him, and it just—I can't explain it because crazy. But is it like Tucker and Dale level? It's not as funny as that. Um, Aww. Yeah, it's just—it's gory and dumb, and you know, just—it's something really, kind of something really to take your mind off of. You know, whatever you need to take your mind off of. You know, it's just not opposed to gory. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's super gory, yeah. but uh, it's pretty funny, and it's, it's it's like a hour twenty minutes, so it's a short little watch, but that's doable. Put it on, you know, at bedtime if that sort of thing doesn't scare you. Um, horror comedy usually doesn't. Um, I have some hard nose when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go straight Dan for a second and be like, if there are kids doing shit drop kick that fucking shit down the stairs i ain't having it and i'm not doing it at bedtime so there's that there's yeah that. it's not like that i mean okay. it's, it's mostly just fucked up like fucked up shit happens and oh, i can handle that yeah the the guy's real weird uh the main character guy's real weird but um i just thought i'd throw that in there for fun heck i mean there ain't nothing wrong with that there are people that genuinely like totally eat up some horror comedy. I like when genres mesh well, really well yeah. like that. And a lot of people are doing like watch parties of like shit movies right I now. I've tried so hard to make that work. Like the Netflix launcher thing. Yeah, I don't Apparently, get that app. I don't get it either. And my other thing is I would rather do it the way that we've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ginny and I have done a couple of watch parties where we actually all get on Skype and um, we recorded it as podcasts, actually, um, because we're podcasters. Why the fuck not? But essentially, we're getting together as friends and more often than not getting really drunk mm-hmm. and watching movies, um, which is a lot of fun. And I highly recommend it is really fun. Even if you're not a podcaster, you're going to be like, well, I'm not a podcaster. I don't want to record it. You don't have to like, and we don't show our faces, but you could do that. You could, I know other people that like to stay sane in this time are like having drunk parties together on like Skype and uh, Google Hangout and like whatever you got to do. But that's how I made it through WrestleMania weekend. (laughs) We've had a really good time with like picking these no nonsense movies Mm -hmm. um, and drinking or not drinking and watching the movie, and the net, the thing that Netflix came out super cool, but I think you just type. I keep can't I can't get it to work. I downloaded the add-on every time I go to, to use it. It's like now create your party, and I'm like, no, no, I'm trying to join this party, and yeah. they're like, oh, it's crashed. Yeah. Um, and I, I did write into Netflix, and they're like, look, there are so we did not expect this many people trying to use it. Like <laughs> it coincidentally came out about the time that this all happened, yeah. and just keep trying is what they keep telling me. They just keep they keep telling me just keep trying. I've had a few friends that keep trying to walk me through it, like I'm doing it wrong, and I'm like, guys, it's not user error. Like it's simply not working. <laughs> like, oh my god. Because it, it won't work. It won't do it on any of my computers. And, yeah. like, I'm following all the steps. I'm like, it's, it's just something. It's, I don't know, Southern Internet plus this um, that overloaded thing it, add-on. It's not It's not working. Everybody just do a countdown and hit play at the same right. time. Same but deal. But, yeah, I, I highly recommend, uh, like, hanging out with your friends virtually, mm-hmm. um, especially if you are a social person. If you're a person that gets together and you were playing D&D games and now you're not, um, take Take use of Skype and Rule 20 and go go for it. You know what? Maybe this is the time that you become a podcaster because you turn your D&D game into a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Stay sane in this quarantine thing. And, yes, Netflix is going to keep asking you, are you still there? I'm okay mm-hmm. with that because <laughs> when I fall asleep, that means it stops me yeah. at some point. Somebody keeps petitioning to remove the are you there, and I'm like, please don't. I use that as an indicator of I fell asleep. Please, Netflix, don't get rid of that. I'll just grunt and be like, yes, I'm still here, (laughs) and just click I'm still here, okay? Please don't get rid of that, because when I fall asleep, like, yeah. Yeah. I've been re-watching Parts and Rec, um, (gasps) and so I've I've been seeing that a lot, because I'll just fall asleep with it on and... Wake up to that, that screen yeah, I, every every hour and a half because I have insomnia. Oh uh, God! Uh, tell me about it. Like I have nights where I don't go to sleep until like two a.m., which means like I'm groggy and like horrible the whole next of the day. So like I end up taking a nap at some point, right? As one would do. And then again, I just repeat the cycle of "fuck." You took a nap. No, I can't go to sleep till two a.m. Yeah, that's exactly what I did today. Like, I was up to like four, loop. and then I slept <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so, look forward to not sleeping tonight. No, I've had enough of Jameson that if people couldn't tell already, I've had enough Jameson, which nah. if you could, I've done a really good job. But yeah. if you could, yeah, it's because you know me. Um, I've had enough that I think I'll be able to sleep when I finally get to that point. I think I will. Maybe. Do you have any other streams? Um, any other streams? I feel like I do. Oh, um, I'm not done, so I won't go into complete detail, but I always wanted to. It was one you and I reviewed for new TV a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. on NBC called Good Girls. We were both oh, interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever watched it, but I, I didn't. Like, I wanted to. Like, it had all of the, the things there for me. Um, and I really wanted to. And then I just didn't. And I wanted something when this first all started. I had finished Love is Blind with you. And then I had started something else and couldn't get into it. And I have yet to go down the Tiger King path. Don't at me. I'm not ready for that. Um, not ready for that. Um, <laughs> oh, baby. You gotta do it. I am already beyond the level of sanity that I am comfortable with um, <laughs> in my own life. So I will just from abroad and thanks to Facebook know pretty much everything that happens. Well, also the plus be side is that those people will make you feel like you have your life together. So Actually, I do feel like I have my life together because I am one of the few people that can be like, no, I have not seen Tiger King. Not even Mm -hmm. a second of it. Mm -hmm. I've seen commercials for it, you know, the previews, Mm -hmm. but I haven't watched it yet. Now, am I going to watch it? Most likely, because my husband, who hates things like that, is also like, you know what? I'm going to go there, just not yet. So, Mm -hmm. I will go there. Um, But I was trying to figure out what to watch because I wasn't ready for Tiger King, still not ready. And I couldn't get into whatever it was I was watching after Love is Blind. And I was in, like, this, like, what do I do? This is just beginning. Mm-hmm. So I went to Good Girls. How was and it? And I watched all the way up to the current season. And even then, I've watched, like, the first two episodes of the current season. It is amazing. Hmm. They picked some of the most fabulous actresses to do this show. Um, there are moments where it is so fucking bizarre and out there, and then there are moments where you shouldn't be rooting for what you're rooting for, but you are, Mm -hmm. and then at one point, these women, so they, like, dip their toe, which everybody knows what happens, like, to get this all kicked off, they dip their toe into the, like, everybody has their own reason, the one is a single mom who is trying to keep her child, um, the other one has a child that, is very sick, mm-hmm. and they need a transplant. Um, the husband is small security, but he's been trying to become a police officer for years. They need, they have money issues. The other family, it starts out, she doesn't know that her husband has been cheating on her, and that he has spent all of their money, and their house has not been paid for in, like, months. Oh, no. Months. Like, he can barely keep his business afloat, and he is their source of income. So, they decide they're going to rob a store. Mm-hmm. And they get away with it, or mm-hmm. so they think. Mm. But they don't get caught by the police, and then they get entangled into this whole weave of seated underbelly web. Mm-hmm. And they have to do like more bad things mm-hmm. to That's not how that works. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like when you tell a lie, you end up having to tell yeah. like, a bigger lie, and then sometimes you you don't realize it, and you like just have lied so much, like yeah. Kind of what ends up happening with these women, and you find yourself rooting for them because they are just everyday people like me and you trying to make it and trying to take care of their children and try to be a good mom and trying to like be a mom that is doing all the things right. Um, and you just have so much sympathy for each one of them. Whether you've, I've, I've never been a single mom. I mean, yes, I know Jerry's been overseas for about a year and a half, so. I have touches of kind of understanding. I will never truly understand a single mom, though. I'm not saying I am or that mm-hmm. I get it. But, like, you even feel sorry and empathize and, and understand her. Right. Um, you understand and empathize and 
and get the mom who's dealing with the very sick child. You get the other one. Even though you've never been through these things, you see yourself in all of them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal show that has very serious moments, but it's very funny. Mae Whitman and her one-liners are to die for. <laughs> she is phenomenal. Um, the lady from Mad Men, and I hate that I've just forgotten her name. Christina Hendricks. Yes. She's amazing. I love her. She is amazing. And then it's also like, it's about friendship and it's about trying to be a good mom and it's about, you know, everyday life. And like, just because you look like you have it all put together doesn't mean you do. Um, And just because you look like you're a bad person doesn't mean you are. And just because you look like you're a great person doesn't mean you are. And uh, yeah, it's. It's intense. It's funny. It's it's. I cried several times, really, really hard. If you are a '90s kid and you ever had a crush on Matthew Lillard, you do yourself some justice and watch this show. <laughs> he's the cheating husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's still hot. <laughs> and then somebody, somebody younger than me watched it, and they were like, "Ew, no, he's not." And I'm like, "Yeah, he is." Oh wait, that's probably because. I'm halfway through 30, almost to 40. Yeah, he hot. <laughs> Keep going. And Keep he's your type, really. So. Right. Is he not, though? He's yeah, fall. he is. He's there. there it is again, damn it. Yep. It's like him, Freddie Prince Jr., all of them still hot. To me, hotter. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a really good show. And I'm kind of mad that I didn't start it then. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm kind of glad because there's something really comforting about binging something. Oh, yeah. Which makes me really glad that, you know, you know what, like, it was, it was big turmoil for me to cut the direct TV cord, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I kept it going for several months longer because I was like, but, but I have not, not once. Well, there's been a few times that, like, I found the show that I wanted to watch. And it was like, because it's like buffering, like, it gives me anxiety. And I'm like, back. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I've not had a loss of things to watch i still get my sports i still get live action things i still get i still get live tv with my witchy ways but Mm -hmm. like i still get everything and i not once regret that i do regret starting some of the show sooner but i think it's given me like we said like that binge Mm -hmm. you can do there's something about being able to do that that just does that is that show current or was it canceled no, as far as I know, I mean, because it's current right now, um, okay. so unless they don't continue it next year, which at this point, I'm treating every show that's currently on like what happened when the writer's strike happened, right, where yeah. we don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Um, so, <laughs> but um, yes, currently it is airing, it is going, okay. um, yeah, on NBC. All right, if, cool. If you need that. Is that all you got for streams? so okay well how about have you been able to sit down and actually read anything or have you just been too antsy i i have this stack of comic books um well they're you know um volumes by my bed for for like eight months or whatever um but I, I can't pick up anything and read it. It has to be audible for me to read it now. So um, maybe eventually I can. I, I need to force myself to start doing some more comic stuff because I have a lot of it that I need to read. And 
I have DC, the app, you know, and that has everything mm-hmm. on it. Great stuff on there that I really do want to get into. But anyway, um, for me, I've been listening to books. Um, that counts. Yep. I'll say it again. It counts. One of them is was really weird to listen to because it was, um, well, two of them, actually. Um, it was, it was right before the quarantine stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to this book and it's called The Last by Hannah Jameson. Okay. And it is about, a, basically the end of the world, like nuclear wise. Oh, and um, Chernobyl is on fire. Yeah, so uh, bombs go off, and this guy is in a hotel in the middle of nowhere in Switzerland, um, like a like a conference for work, and so he's he he's from San Francisco, but okay. he is so he's there away from his family when all this happens, and so he's basically living post nuclear fallout in this hotel um with all these strangers so everybody you know it's part survival story which i really dig you know Uh i'm really into that sort of thing so they do less of that in this book than i would prefer because i feel like i've read enough and seen enough to like know what you need to do in this event You know, like what you need to concentrate on. But everybody is so shell-shocked by the events that it takes them a long time to, like, mobilize or try to get anything done. It's like they all, a lot of people leave the hotel, try to get on a plane, which I think is stupid. Um, Why would you even do that? And uh, some of them just disappear and you don't hear from them again um but the the core group of characters that stay in the hotels basically um a drug addict one of them is um (laughs) one of them is sort of a in-your-face militant female sort of person uh and it's there were some frustrating aspects to this book. Like, I felt like they were dumb in their um, in their survival skills, if that makes sense. It sounds like, um, what is the phrase that people use all the time? Um, too many chiefs, not enough Indians? Kind of? Or a bunch of people. In some ways, it was realistic because I think most people would probably not know what to do, you know what or I'm saying? Or think their way was better, their right. idea was better. Yeah, or just be unable to do anything just because the shock of losing everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the whole world is gone because um, it was a bunch of bombs that went off, like, across oh, the world. God. And so, you know, every, most of them are separated from their families, and so there's a lot of, like, grief and depression and... Um, I feel that. Yeah, so it was very surreal listening to this book at a time when a lot of weird stuff was also happening. A lot of when a lot of time when people are going through yeah. grief and depression yeah. and and life changing and I yeah I could see that 
hitting at a different time because I too, um, I mean, we had a time where post-apocalyptic books were, uh, you know, right. I hate to say dime a dozen, but they they pretty much are were right. and yeah. kind of still are. But right. I can't imagine reading one of those now. Right now, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I'm going to talk about has shades of that as well, so it's kind of okay. odd. Um, but and then they also find a dead body in the water tank of the hotel. Uh, yeah. So oh, you guys it, been drinking that? Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's a child's body. So he gets oh. he gets fixated. The main character gets fixated on um, finding out who killed this little girl um, as a way of like coping with his yeah like, whole thing. So it's like your mind is on something else, then you're not having to think about what happened. Right, right, so yeah. yeah, so it's part investigation, kind of half-assed. Um, and then part survival story, and then, um, like I said, a lot of just shell-shocked grief stuff going on in there. Uh, Interesting. It's it's not the best thing I've ever heard, but, you know, it, it was pretty good. Not too bad, actually. When the worst, I mean, you, you continue. You yeah. Would, would you continue it if there was a book two? Or is there is the second book, a book t- that you read a book two, the book two of it? No, I don't believe that there's gonna be another one but i probably would because i feel i feel like there is maybe some story left here but um and you said it was called uh what again the last the last hannah jameson so check that out that it, well not right now don't do it right now but. well unless you would rather think about a world where everything truly was gone and think about hey ours is actually still better right. um, <laughs> or that yeah yeah Silver lining, people. Mm-hmm. So, what is the other one that you want to talk about? The other one is called Fantastic Land. It is by Mike uh, Bokoven, B-O-C-K-O-V-E-N. This one was very weird because it's told from, like, um, a journalistic point of view. Like, the, um, okay. it's a series of interviews um with the people from the event that happens so it's not like a traditional like you know the way that an audio book normally tells a story okay and um the premise here is that a hurricane hits a um disney type amusement park oh god yeah so this gigantic monster hurricane hits and the people that the employees of the park a fantastic land are stuck there and they most of them survive but everything is so decimated that nobody can really get to them as far as rescue so they're kind of stuck there so it's like stranded on an island basically kind of yeah and the people that own fantastic land have like these obsessive disaster plans in place that they assumed that everybody would be okay there at Fantastic Land for a little bit before rescue could come. Let me guess, not the case. Yeah, so they were not prioritized when it came to like, you know, where do we need to go first, you know? Right. So they were kind of pushed off. So it's like a month or more that they're there before the rescue happens. So in that time, most of the Fantastic Land employees are Young adults, older teenagers, like they're 
you know, the ones that work on the rides and the concessions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some older adults, but not very many. Um, so you have the young kids, you have the custodial staff, and they've all survived in the, like, the subterranean areas of the park. Huh. And so once the storm passes, and they can go back uh, into the park, they automatically, like, kind of split off into which areas of the park that they worked in and they just it goes all um lord of the flies so they kind of class themselves basically yeah, they do um they immediately like go to their little area and then they just start they do the opposite of what they do in the previous book they go like mental with the survival list like they start hoarding stuff like they start killing people for food and for um you know to to a show of strength you know this is our stuff we will kill you if you try to right. come get you know so it, it's not it's a matter of days and their entire like civilization breaks down basically within this park and there's a lot of commentary about these young people all of a sudden don't have their phones. They don't have a way to communicate. They don't know what to do with themselves. So this is like a dramatic overreaction of what happens to people of this certain age when they don't have the stimulation from social media and whatnot. It would be interesting to see. I mean, I'm not saying that, that it would go that dramatic, but okay. I can, yeah. I can kind of buy some of this. And so like, you know, the girls, there tends to be like a girl group. <clears throat> um, they become archers, like they have weapons, um, people die. Um, it's brutal. I'm it, seeing different little things from like a bunch of different post-apocalyptic books. It is. It, it's a mix of like Hunger Games and like Lord of the Flies. Um, the, the You have the natural disaster element to it. Um, this is fair. And like I said, I listened to that directly after I listened to the last and, wow. uh, in, in combination with the pandemic stuff, it was just like very weird to listen to. Um, but that one, I, I'm not going to say I don't recommend it. I'm just like, just. You're basically giving trigger word yeah. of caution. Maybe, yeah. maybe not a trigger warning, but like trigger slash word of caution. Yeah. Like she said on the last one, maybe if you want to read this because you want to be like, hey, we aren't even there yet. Right. I don't want yeah. to use the word yet because no. that is not happening. Um, I'm going to keep telling myself that is not happening. If you believe it is, just don't at me. Don't mm-hmm. don't even at mm-hmm. me. Now I'm not here for that. Can't handle it. Um, but like if you want to read this in a like, this is what we're going through, but this is way worse. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's hope it doesn't get to that, you know, nope, like it's not. the essentials and the non-essentials, you know what I mean? Nope, I'm going to just, <laughs> and then poor little old me, yeah. I wasn't essential, <laughs> no, I'm not, right. what side am I on? Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's just yeah. amazing out of all, like, all of literature, all of books, that I read these two random things, like, at this weird time. Uh, and I was well, like, I need to take a break from books. If it for a minute. makes you feel any better, my very literal child who has been working on the uh, Last Kids on Earth, um, mm-hmm. which is not a graphic novel, but it's not 
it's like that gr- that really good combination between a graphic novel and a chapter book um, for kids. Um, and it's like zombie post-apocalyptic kind of deal, too. Because um, at first, when you say Last Kids on Earth, there's another series from like when Jenny and I were little that was actually called Left Behind mm-hmm. that was very Christian, um, right. like the rapture has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, which I got into a whole big debate. Another, I want to know, yes or no, is the rapture and the apocalypse the same thing? I say no, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's reading these right now. So they're like post-apocalyptic um, books. And he needs like the next one where he's at. And he's like, ooh, he's like, I want to ask you for this book. But he's like, um, is this a bad time? <laughs> I was really proud of him because to yeah. get that, you know, yeah. he's like, "Is it that time? Am I? Yeah, that like, will people make fun of me for reading this?" I'm like, "No. If you want to keep on reading and that's what you want to do, then all right, let's get let's get it." So, yeah, I think you gotta take it with a grain of salt. And if it yeah. if it brings you comfort, like me making fun of it and calling it Rona with my mom, then you gotta do that. Right. If you need to take it serious and you gotta stay away from all the wet, then you need to do that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then just a quick shout out to this other book that I read that was fucking crazy as shit. It's called, um, Tales from the Gat Station. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it is by Jack Townsend. And it's, I need you to tell me more about this. Yeah. I'm intrigued. It's very weird because it's kind of based on a, um, creepypasta and, um, let's try to read this summary. Um, and it's by uh, somebody called Gas Station Jack. So it's um, sort of like a paranormal horror type story. And it's about this guy who works in the gas station. And he has this disorder where he can't sleep. And so, so he's like beyond insomniac. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, so the weird stuff happens at this gas station. And... A lot, and he's just a very weird guy, and he has the weirdest responses to the things that he sees. It's just he's just very nonchalant about a lot of it, um, because he he knows well his diagnosis is not good. He does not have a good prognosis, so he's okay. Fa- can, you know, facing the end of his life, so things hit him different. You know what I mean? Uh, just a. Very, very odd story um, told in a very odd manner. Like the um, the um, narrator is named Creepypasta. I was, saying, I was about to say, I just looked it up and the narrator actually is Creepypasta. Yes. So, and, and it's, it's not your typical like professional narration. This guy sounds like just a guy, you know? And like, he he's not reading the book. It's like he's... He is the guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's... Can you actually get immersed into the story, it sounds like? Yeah, you like do. Like, it's an immersion-type experience? Because the way he tells the story is very... He stumbles over his words. You know, and normally, if you're listening to something, that doesn't happen. Like, it's very clean, and people don't necessarily want to hear a story told um, in a, in a Next... halting manner, sort of, sometimes. Yeah. But he does that. Like, it's it's very, like realistic which is funny because the stories are everything but realistic 
I wonder if either A, when they recorded it and he stumbled, as people do, even professionals, mm-hmm. they stumble, they get the chance to re-record. We mm-hmm. stumble here. It's just part of it. Right. That's who I am. Yeah. Um, I wonder if when he stumbled a few times because of the vibe that the author is supposed to was putting off with these stories he was like no leave it perfect love it or um because you listen to it through audio and i've never physically seen the book if maybe the actual copy if you read yourself it would the person would stumble like they would say the wrong word um because that's they're trying to convey what that person would be like yeah maybe so but i don't know that's a really cool concept i've never read a book or i mean when you do the open um Crap, my brain just went dead. But you know, in the open sourcing, like you can look on YouTube oh, yeah, where yeah. people read mm-hmm. stories that like mm-hmm. you can't find on audio or maybe mm-hmm. you can't afford them. Mm-hmm. You do get stumbles and stuff because it's literally something like open crowdsource kind of deal where right, people right. are just reading to you. Um, cause, so it makes me wonder because Creepypasta is a well-known person mm-hmm. or entity being, he goes mm-hmm. by that title, um, if they were like, no, no, perfect, that's what we want you to do or if it actually is in the book. I'd be curious to know that. I feel like probably... Um because creepypasta is sort of a, a per, you know, like a character. The whole vibe. Right. Then that's probably one of the reasons why um, they chose him for that. To make Kinda it like seem Chuck more Tingle real. Is yeah. yeah. A, a whole character. Like, right. that's not. Right. I, I, I've truly come to believe that maybe Chuck Tingle is not that guy's real name, obviously. Well, yeah. I don't uh, think so. Obviously. But, like, he's created a whole persona. So, right. same thing. Creepypasta has created a whole persona. And that's part yeah, part of that persona. Because he is, like, the guy, he's a real likable guy, you know, the, char- the character uh, in the book. So, um, yeah, uh, and, and that's just volume one, too. So, okay. um, there's more to come on this series. So, you checked out volume one, then? Yep. Okay. And that's all I've got for okay. my reads. Um, so I've got a couple, um, I normally am big on audiobook because with the job that I had, um, it allowed me to actually listen to audiobook while I did, uh, the HR work that I did. Um, I find myself listening to them less, even though I'm doing things like packing and cleaning. I don't know why I can't get into it while I'm doing those things, but I'm having a really hard time. But when we found out this whole, like, lockdown, shutdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, was happening, our um, library decided, hey, look, we're going to stay open until this date um, to give you time to return things and get new things. Mm -hmm. So that's what Caden and I did. And I picked up a lot of, like, third in the series I never finished or... Um, hey, there's this YA book I always wanted to read. I went really heavy in the YA section because I felt like, I mean, yes, why our books can be very serious and um, the tone can be just as gut-wrenching and devastating and all of the things that any adult novel would be. But I felt like um, there were some more lighter, whimsical tales I could go with that wouldn't be as, like, traumatizing to current events, I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Um, so I picked, uh, like, the third in a series that I was like, I couldn't remember if I had read the third, so I grabbed it anyway. I picked a third in a series that I knew I hadn't finished. Um, I picked a couple of, like, hey, like the Mortal Engines movie that came out last year. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a book series until I saw the previews mm-hmm. um, and never read it. So I got, like, number one and two of that. Um, mm-hmm. 
and just different things. And I thought I would read a lot more than I have. Now, when this first started, I did. Like, I kind of, like, dove in. I went, like, finished, like, four. was so excited because, you know, I have my goal every year. And then since then, I haven't touched a book. Wow. And I think it's because, you know, I was making fun of my mom saying I can't sit still. It's not that I can't sit still. I think my mind starts spinning, Mm -hmm. wandering. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have a couple that I finished. One, as I got into it, I was like, oh, maybe I did read number three. Just never marked it off. (laughs) Um, It is quintessential, like, mid-grade slash uh, young adult it's that high school werewolf kind of deal. Gotcha. Uh, but it's easy read, um, quick read, just kind of fun, campy, light. Uh, mm-hmm. Full Moon Kisses by Ellen uh, Schreiber. And it's the third in the series. It is the final conclusion to the series. And uh, so far, it's really good. Like I said, it's light. Uh, no big deal. Mm-hmm. A couple of vampires trying to figure out, like, actually, it's a little bit different than most of them. He actually became a vampire trying to save her. There's mm-hmm. a legend for the area that they live in. Um, and the legend has it that there was uh, a, a werewolf. Uh, and actually, I think the place is called Legends Run. And, like, they had this werewolf, and it goes back generations to generations. Nobody really believes it, but it's a story that they continue to tell. They have a werewolf festival every so many years, that kind of thing. Um, and... Um, in book one, like on her way home, she decides it starts snowing really bad and she gets off track and ends up like getting surrounded by wolves and the kid that saves her gets attacked and well, they don't think anything about it. Like, oh, I'm really sorry. Thank you for saving me. He turns into a werewolf. (laughs) Oh God. And then as the story continues, they realize, uh, the original werewolf that was of the legend was actually this kid's great, great grandfather. So it's him being attacked by wolves set off the lycanthrope curse. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of different, and I like that about it. And yes, it's like a teenage love story, but it's not like, it's more like, oh, I love how he looks and he kissed me, yay! Um, But she's not like tormented, like another one that I love but everybody makes fun of. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And it's strictly just uh, werewolves. There is a psychic in there that, like, she's not really a psychic. She's kind of a quack, but out of nowhere, like, when the vampire's thing starts happening, she suddenly, like, randomly will say things and then not remember that she said them or know why she said them. So clearly she does have some sort of psychic in there. Mm -hmm. So it's just a cute, like, three-book, I don't even think it's a very long book. Um, But, yeah, I finished book three of that, and that was kind of, like, just something nice to read. And then I read one that I had started before, and I think the book was due, and I was like, oh, damn, I've already rechecked it out once. Um, I need to just return this. And I wasn't very far into it, so I thought maybe something wasn't interesting me. And it's called Zombie Blondes. Hmm. And it's another really thin one um, where the back insinuates that there's going to be real zombies in this book. And it just takes a while to – well – as the reader, you know that they're zombies, but it takes a while for the main character to realize that there really are zombies, and that sh- ticked me off a little bit. <laughs> I was like, God, how dumb are you, girl? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very interesting because they walk around like me and you, so it's kind of more along the lines of I zombie mm. in the sense that they walk around like everyday people. Gotcha. But they do have malicious intent. In the thought process of, um, 
like you're going to be one of us kind of deal. So they do have malicious intent, and it's a whole town of them. That's weird. Yeah, it's like a whole town of them. So I did just give away a few things, but it's, again, it's a quick read I found in the YA section. Um, The guy that wrote it did a really good job um, because he's writing this from a high school girl. Mm-hmm. I, like, a, I don't know, she's supposed to be, like, 16. So, like, from a 16-year-old girl's point of view as, like, what is happening. And I thought to be a, a dude, he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard to write a perspective of someone that, you know, you have no understanding of. Um, I mean, and I, I think that's what makes a good author. Even if it had some moments where it was just a little cheesy. But, again, it is in the YA section. So, not... Everybody's like, you're the passion YA. No, YA is one of my favorite genres. You can ask Jenny. You can ask, mm-hmm. like, any of our friends. I read it more than others. Um, but it is. There There are some things that you expect when you, when you know you're reading a YA novel, basically. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when you're in your 30s. There are things you're going to get and th- just differently, and they're going to hit you differently because you're not a 15-year-old girl anymore. Right. So. And it truly is escapism, really. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, no. It truly, yeah. it truly is. It really is. I won't even lie about that. Not yeah. for a minute. Um, Caden and I, on the way to your house, started, or finished one book and started the next. Um, so we, um, on the way there and back, finished up a book that we had been, um, because, you know, at that time we were in the car a lot more, Mm -hmm. um, called The Hidden Oracle. It's a Rick Riordan book. Um, he wrote the Percy Jackson series. And we already completed the entire Percy Jackson a couple of years ago. So we did this one. Um, it's The Trials of Apollo. Um, book one, uh, in true Rick Riordan style, if you like Harry Potter or if you liked any of the Percy Jacksons, you're going to continue to like um, the other series that he wrote. They do kind of all intermingle in some way. So we got to the end of book one of The Trials of Apollo and realized, like, oh, hey, we need to go to the back to the series that he wrote called um, The Lost, The Heroes of Olympus, because they referenced some things that we were like, oh, okay, crap. Um, so in that, we have now um, read and finished The Lost Hero, which is book one of The Heroes of Olympus, and we are halfway through um, book two, because obviously we're not riding around in the car as much, and we were doing these via um, audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are halfway through book two because we are still taking things to the storage building. I mean, we are still at some point going to move. So I have to keep on like it's happening on time. Right. Um, and I meet, I see not a soul in the storage building. So (laughs) I'm meeting all the requirements, leaving my house before somebody yells at me. Um, so we listen to it to and from the storage building and, um, we're halfway through book two. Uh, I highly recommend him as an author. He does middle grade or fantasy in general. He does a really good job at creating these worlds that are like part everyday now world and part of this like giant um, mecca that is Greek gods and Roman gods. Because in the series, um, The Heroes of Olympus, Percy Jackson and all his friends, which, you know, are the, are the Greek are now meeting up with the Romans, which in in Rick Riordan's series, they are the same. It's just that sometimes, and they they look different. They might look different, but, like, they are the same. So, like, Mercury is also, and it tells you, like, this is who he is in Greek and this is who he is in Roman. Right, right. Um, 
So it's really cool to watch those intertwine because very seldom do you see that happen. There are people that are like, no, 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 it's not the same. This is this and this is this. So it's really cool how he does it. And uh, I think he does a really great job of, obviously, at 35, he can captivate me and make me interested in the story. Mm-hmm. And then at 13, which we started these books when Kaden was like five, mm-hmm. but at like 13, he can captivate and, and, and hold that audience too. So I think he does something really special um, that – People like J.K. Rowling and, um, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien do in, in that world of fantasy. Right. Where they can captivate a wide range of audiences. Um, and he, a lot of his books has also been turned into graphic novels. He's done very well. Uh, the Percy Jackson series, the first three books were turned into movies that were right. not bad, but not great. Um, and there is talk that Disney is... Uh, it's confirmed, but not confirmed, if that makes sense. Um, but there's talk that Disney will be redoing the Percy Jackson series, starting with number one. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, and if done well, that could be a great series, especially with the CGI and special effects that we can do now versus right, like, yeah, yeah. like eight years ago. So, yeah, I'd be excited to see where that goes. Um Highly recommend it if you have children, don't have children. Um, I have friends that have read these books. My husband actually read them before Caden and I did. Mm-hmm. So Jerry read the Percy Jackson on his own. Um, he's read the Heroes of Olympus um, already. We're obviously just now on that one. And then the one to follow that is um, The Trials of Apollo. And then there's a couple other series that don't have anything to do. Like there's an Egyptians one. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid's name is Cain something. We haven't started those at all. And then there's another one that deals kind of like with Thor and Descendants um, of and, and such. So cool. there's a lot. There's like three or four series that are all like one big world that they come together. And then there's a couple of other series that are just themselves. So. Gotcha. You'd be reading for days. <laughs> if you feel like it. Um, what about downloads? Do you have anything for that? I don't have anything new. Mm-hmm. I've not really been branching out much. Um, I think that's a, a small discussion. I obviously hope people are listening to us right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I know with commuting, I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they're listening to podcasts as well as audiobooks. Hence me not really touching them. They're listening to them less. Well, yeah. It's uh, a real issue. It is. Um, we're glad you're still here. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But um, I, so I haven't really found any new ones. Uh, there were a few that people have recommended to me, and I just haven't got to yet. Mm-hmm. But I've been hardcore. Um, I know we've talked about them a lot, and some people may be like, shut up. Do you love them? Yes, I do. I love them very much. So does Jenny. Um, but Dan name? and Emma mm-hmm. decided this sucks for everybody, and we're all in this together, no matter where you are in this journey of covid quarantine and they've been putting out like a ton of content mm-hmm. to include they now have a youtube channel their they, their podcast is called real life ghost stories yes real way. life ghost stories um from dan emma and tiny bims mm-hmm. apparently tiny bims has been being somewhat of a butthead <laughs> recently that's their cat that is their cat who's adorable um They've been going live on Instagram a lot. If you are a Patreon follower, they've done a couple of, like, live Patreons. They've mm-hmm. gone on YouTube. And 
I would just like to say, for all the podcasters out there, thank you for what you're doing because you have dove in headfirst and said, this sucks for all of us. We're going to give you us because it also helps us. Now, some of us can't do that, um, Mm -hmm. but the ones that can, I think that's really awesome that they're giving us so much of themselves. I think so, too. It really is like every minute of their lives right right now Uh, because they're on YouTube and they're doing lives and there's a show a day. And then um, Dan has a show that you can get back issues and new issues to called 50 P movie club, which I haven't listened. I feel bad. I should. I haven't either. Um, There's a, there's a ton of those, but like, that's honestly where I have been with podcasts Mm -hmm. and I've even been listening to them. Like before I start my meditation that I do at bedtime, Mm -hmm. I've been listening to those. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been listening to a ton of podcasts, um, and branching out and also making a ton of podcasts. You have been making a ton of podcasts. We'll talk about later, but, um, one of the new ones that I discovered is called Strange Arrivals. It is from Grim and Mild, which is, uh, Aaron Mankey's. Mm-hmm. production company i guess is what you would call She's amazing. yes and so this is the story of betty and barney hill from the 1960s the famous uh abduction story interesting so it is each episode is about um 30-ish minutes and it it goes through like you hear clips of their actual like um, hypnosis hypnosis sessions for like their account of what from, happened. Yeah, to them. their account of what happened, and then for for like written accounts, they have actors who <clears throat> portray Betty and Barney. Okay, and and read things you know um, to to enhance that story, but it so kind of like a haunting style, but done in pod or haunting story style done in podcast where there's wanna, actors portraying like what happened. It, it's like a combination of that plus a narrator. Um, plus you have other people that have, um, antidotes that relate to the story as well. So, okay. um, it's super interesting. I've always been fascinated with this story uh, it's like the most, uh, probably the most famous abduction yes. story ever. Um, and I've ne- I like as, as much as I've always been fascinated by it, I don't, I never knew, like, I never did any research on it. It's just always, you know, it's been like one of the little unsolved mystery stories that. That you like really love and you're like, oh, yeah. I always love that, but yeah. you never like went any further. So yeah. I love the idea of the show and it's been really, really good so far. So. There's been. Um, like four or five episodes. Um, so is this show done in, in Mankey fashion where the, so like right now they're covering this abduction and that will be like season one and maybe season two will be something else? I hope so. Cause he's very, cause based on the title, I mm-hmm. can see there being way more than just this one story. Yeah, so probably so. Yeah, I think so. Um, not sure. Which if you never listened to any of his, that's, that's how he does, he heavily does. Um, Unobscured, for example, the first right. season was like the witch trials. Right. The second season was, um, still kind of touched on witches, but was, um, like overall the supernatural and how people handle it and how it mm-hmm. like went through history. Um, so he, he's known for like each season, hence me asking her that. He, he does, um, when it, the season long things that he does are like deep dives. So yes. It's really, really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, super, super. And there's a lot of like true information. Like mm-hmm. I learned some things about us historically mm-hmm. as a nation and as a people in general, um, like migrating from, from different places, um, like how uh, people treated different things and treated different people. And it's been, it's been very enriching as far as like the true knowledge I am gaining and not just the, hey, I'm interested in the Salem witch trials. Like, let me look at that a little bit more. Like, it, it's really interesting. So I feel like that you're probably going to get that here, too, as well. Mm-hmm. You're getting that history of what really did happen, too. Yeah, I listened to all of the um, the spiritualist season. Of yes, Unobscured. that one. Yeah, that was fascinating. Literally. I said supernatural, but yeah, it's it was, well, it, it did deal with the supernatural of spiritualism and, and you know, the, the realism. Side, of, yeah, the realism yeah. of spiritualism and the supernatural to spiritualism mm-hmm. and uh, how people were treated and, and all of that. That was really good. It was. It was a great season. Um, so I guess that's it for that. And there's only one thing left, Miranda. I wasn't sure if we would go there or not, but I would just go ahead and say, for this COVID edition of Geek and Sassy, I would like to introduce the one and the beloved Nerd Arcadia of the moment. It's <laughs> a pause for effect. I know, I like it. You did good. Alright, who you got for this? Ah. <sighs> This is a tough one, because I've watched some great shows with some mm-hmm. great actors and actresses, but I think for my love of the 90s, an 80s child grew up in the 90s, I'm going to have to bring it back to Matthew Lillard. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to be Matthew Lillard. Interesting. Well... Because he's, he's like, he's older now. <laughs> he's like... Well, yeah! I mean, you know, he's like I don't know. older than us. Well, yeah, he was older than us when we fell in love yeah. with him before. Well. Um, and the other thing that, like, did it for me is so, like, when I was looking up, when I was watching um, Good Girls and looking up, like, somebody was like, oh, he hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Um. I particularly loved him in the Scooby-Doo movies. Like, I think that's him. probably what most people know him from. Scream. Scream. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if I sat here, I could come up with pretty much more. <laughs> SLC Puck. Um, I think he was in 13 Ghosts. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I was looking up because I was like, how old is Matthew Lillard, right? I was super curious because I knew that at some point when I was like, Damn, he's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, coincidentally, one of the groups I'm in the other day, the um, Heaving Business Girl, somebody was like, can we just have a Matthew Lillard appreciation post? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, so clearly, I'm not the only one that feels this way. But so when I was doing my research to um, like tell you guys like how old he is, because um, I couldn't remember, to be honest with you, uh, I came across an article written by Sci-Fi. Um, that caught my attention. Now, this article is from 2018, but somehow I missed it. And it informed me that Matthew Lillard 
is a D&D guy, and he's actually been playing D&D for 30 years and now has his own D&D company. Oh, that's cool. And I knew of this company, but had no clue that Matthew Lillard was behind this. Oh, nice. Um, it was a limited edition, or a limited run platinum edition of a, a new, um, it came out in 2018, it was, um, a Dungeons Dragon Story Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, if you're a D&D fan, you know what I'm talking about. And there were special, like, premium boxes, um, from Beetle and Graham's Pandemonium Warehouse. There were a thousand of them. Obviously, I did not get one, because there were a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. Like, they went faster than I could click to buy. Um, and... And that just like for some reason, because you know I love for Dungeons and Dragons and how long I've been playing or how long I've been I was how long I've been a part of this game to some effect. Um and that for me, and I even found a forty five minute episode. It's from sci fi. I think it's a, their podcast, honestly. I'm not sure if it's a podcast or if it's just um or if it's like a YouTube interview they did or inner tube on sci fi that they did just audio for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like a 45 minutes of him talking about D&D and how he got started and what it means to him and uh, that. Because he, like, number one, let's just be honest, he is famous for being a B-rate actor, basically. Right, yeah. Um, who you've never really heard anything bad about. I mean, no, no, definitely not. Never heard anything bad about. He, with acting, has taken some roles that people are like, why? That have turned out to be like the best thing he could have ever done. Mm -hmm. And here he is at 50, looking like he does, (laughs) and he still is like, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons is my jam. I don't care what you guys think. And that to me is a whole lot of sexy because, like, he's like, I am who I am. I look how I do. And yeah. Awesome. I was here for it. I'm here for it. Um, well, you referenced your nerd eye candy earlier tonight, so I'm going to choose somebody that I referenced earlier Ooh, tonight. Okay. It is um, the lead actor of Pennyworth. His name is Jack Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Um, if you try to look him up, you get a 77-year-old actor on Wikipedia, <laughs> but that is not the same Jack Go to Bannon. IMDb and just look him up through Pennyworth. Well, I did, but his his age is not on there. So I oh, don't, is it not? It's really not. So I have no idea how old he is, but anyway, he's super mm-hmm. cute. And uh, he was also in The Imitation Game yeah. and um, another show called Endeavor. <clears throat> but he looks super young, but he can't be that young. It does say that he's 6'2". Yeah, I saw his height. height. But um, anyway, he's, um, I think he looks like a, a pretty typical English guy, you know? Yeah. Um, dark hair, dark eyes, pouty lips kind of guy. Um, he's really cute. I am really am impressed with him in this Pennyworth show. And I hope to see him in more things because he really is very talented and very easy on the eyes. He is 29, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, but apparently, he looks it's been younger Google, to me. Like but... a ton on his height. 
More yeah. people are curious about this man's height than they are his age. <laughs> he is pretty tall. I mean, he's very lanky and and um, slender. So, yeah, and very tall. He's straight at my type. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he has this amazing widow's peak as well. Um, yes. It's it's very pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah. He's got like a little chin dimple. Yeah, he does have a chin dimple too. And the cutest little accent, so Yes, but apparently he is twenty nine and for anybody that cared, he is six two and three fourths. Mm-hmm. Three fourths. <laughs> hey, that makes a difference sometimes. <laughs> so let's just say he's six three. All Isn't right. that what most people do round up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that. Um is there anything that you want to promote, talk about quickly? Um, check out our quarantine theaters. We've done uh, a couple of laugh-in theaters over on Place Me Nation Pop, mm-hmm. uh, where we're calling them quarantine edition of laugh-in theater. There's been a, let's see, we did Skull Program. Mm-hmm. We did. I don't think that's out yet. <laughs> Is it not out yet? Mm-mm. Well, there will be a Scott Pilgrim, so something to look forward to. And there's a Scott, there will be a Scott Pilgrim. We did a She's Out of My League, which actually, I went into that thinking I had watched it. I had not. That was was fun. I then came in, like, towards the end of that one. You still came in. Perfect. It was perfect. Um, And then we did Naked Gun 2. Mm -hmm. And I believe next on our rotation is Police Academy. That is true. Leave that as next on our rotation. So check those out. That's basically like I was telling you about earlier. Where you get your friends together and you watch a movie. Um, except for we're podcasters. So we turned it into something for you guys to have to listen to too. Mm-hmm. Or follow along. Turn it on while you turn the movie on and do both. I mean. Yeah. I mean mostly it's just complete nonsense. Um, it is. <laughs> but fun though. But it is also like us um, singing to parts of the movie or mm-hmm. quoting parts of the movie or commenting um, one, I won't say which one resorted in Miranda snorting and laughing <laughs> way more than she thought she would. And now she's talking about herself in the third person, and that's even worse. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and if you haven't gone and listened to our Sassy's episode yet, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It always is. Um, it is. But there's our Sassy's episode, for sure. And then new stuff. Coming. I still have said that before, but no, this time, like, it really is happening. Mm-hmm. The other person that I asked to be a host actually said yes. Good job. Excited I say that like that. I'm a bad person to host <laughs> with. <laughs> Jenny said yes. Just for boys and girls, <laughs> that I have, like, casually said, hey, would you like to do a podcast? Just remember, Jenny said yes four years ago, and this thing has turned into a whole feed that a Jenny now feed. I'm just throwing that out there. Yep. You just right. saying, saying yes to Miranda could mean big things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is true. You're right about that. But Jenny has done amazing, amazing things. Um, all of them I can't name. So, Jenny, tell us what <laughs> all you have going on. This is not me being a, a non-supportive friend, guys. Like, she really has been busting her hump and has got some pretty cool things. Well, um, outside of our normal realm, um, being here in Place to Be Nation, um, I was a guest on a show called house of d um i got in this podcasting group uh on facebook and this guy was just like hey does anybody have any interest in 
uh, Empire Records because it was going to be Rex Manning Day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love Empire Records. And, you know, I've kind of been trying to um, think of ways to promote the feed and mm-hmm. get some more subscriptions, some more listeners. So I was like, you know, I think that would be fun to meet somebody new and talk about this movie with them. Right. So um, the guy's name is Dustin. And um, he... Is his content is right in our wheelhouse? Um, uh, look up the House of D on all your podcaster apps, and he has tons of Kevin Smith movie reviews. Um, they do a bunch of comic stuff. They do anime stuff. I mean, all of it is like the exact nerd stuff that we like. Uh, so he and I watched Empire Records. And talked about it and went off on a bazillion other tangents. Um, it was really fun. Uh, really fun guy to talk to. And uh, I think you guys will really enjoy that episode. Um, and then one of my podcasting dreams came true. Because um, I don't know when this episode will be out. But one of the first podcasts that I fell in love with. And I talked about it on this show. It's mm-hmm. called Slurmcast uh, because it is a podcast about Futurama. And it has been going for as long or longer than we have um, because we met. I think longer because they were one of the first, um, when we started talking about other podcasts on our pod, right. it's one of the first ones that you told me about and you started talking about because you knew I had recently started the, like I'd only ever watched Futurama, like, here and there and right. occasionally. And I had started, like, deep dive into Futurama, and you were like, hey, you have to watch this. And then I remember they actually, like, mentioned us once or they something. Did. Yeah, because I would, we, I would like, tweet them. And we, like, lost them. our shit. Yeah. <laughs> I would tweet them. So I've been fans of theirs for a long time. Well, they're in Cleveland, Ohio, and they all their guests, um, would they would be in person when they podcast mm-hmm. together. They never – they don't do Skype. So with the pandemic – the best thing that has come out of it yet is that I was asked to be a guest on their show and because they had to record over zoom and I of course was thrilled and said yes and I recorded with them not sure when that's coming out but I'm telling you it was some of the best fun that I've ever had doing a show um we reviewed one of the later episodes of Futurama because they're right at the home stretch. Uh, oh, are they? Oh, yeah. it makes I me kind of sad. It does make me sad too. I mean, they're ready for it. Um, they've been doing this for a long time. So, um, but I think they have like 10, 12, something like that left. Uh, and the, the episode that we reviewed was really good. So that was really helpful too. Um, they were fantastic. Um, I had a blast with them. So when that comes out, I will definitely be promoting it um, on the Facebook page and the Twitter. I'll make sure it's shared as well so that you can have access to that. But yeah, please listen to that. Like I, I loved it so much. It it was just, I was free because I've been listening to them for, for so long that I I feel like I know them. Right. And it's like, I told them, I was like, I'm marking out. Like, y'all don't even know. I'm I'm freaking out right now. And, you know, they were so cool to me and um, laughed at my jokes, which I thought was amazing. And uh, so. Yeah, because you're like, I think I'm funny. Like, 
and I like I think you're funny, and I think I'm funny, and we think each other are funny. But we're, I've, you know, that thing that all humans do is do other people think I'm funny. Yeah, like is this going to translate at all? Do, and, yeah, how is this going to compute when I when I say this like to the whole world? And I was trying not to be. Um, super fangirl about extra? it either you know no i was trying to be extra but I, <laughs> I was trying to uh not because i like i said i feel like i know them and that i don't want to freak them out by like right. referencing things that i don't know it's so weird it's such a weird no, spot. I, know, I, I get what you're trying to say yeah because when you're listening to a podcast and I, I like to think people think this about us but like my head is not that big so <laughs> Um, but, like, I have podcasts that I've been listening to since, like, the beginning of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you have uh, podcasters that they um, will stay in contact with their, with their right, fans. exactly. Um, yeah. you, you build a rapport and a relationship. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're, like, my best friend, but it does get to where when you're listening to their podcasts that, like, you feel like you're part of this conversation. Like, you're the Definitely. third at the table or you're the fourth at the table, however many there may be in that podcast that is your favorite. And it, you do feel like you're listening to friends. And I'll even find myself, like, laughing and answering back, even though they can't hear me. I'll be like, yeah, girl, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you do. You you built this um, – you build this relationship, with, and even though it's through Facebook and Instagram or whatever, and it's somebody that, you know – you feel like you have a connection to because obviously you're listening to them because they're talking about things that you are interested in. Right. So yeah, that would be that's a really cool thing that you got to do. It's yeah. like bucket list item. I was so happy for yeah, you. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So um, back to Place B Nation business. Uh, yeah. On the wrestling feed, I had a couple of shows. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that any geek and sassy listeners are. Are fans of wrestling, but you know, you never know. I've been working really hard on these shows, so I'm gonna mention them. Damn it! Could you please just at least download them, boys and girls? Just do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. Thanks, Kate. Bye. There, uh, there's one called uh, PTB NXT. We just had our fourth episode of that. Um, me and Tim and our friend Jake is really fun um, to podcast with. He's hilarious, and that's a great show. And um, we just did an episode of Jenny and the Gems, so that will be coming out soon. It is March to WrestleMania 9, so that was a fun one to watch. Um, also, on the our friend Justin Rosero, his mm-hmm. new podcast feed, which you should also be listening to uh, for wrestling content. It is called North-South Connection Podcast, and my sh- our show on there is called... The Extreme Three-Way Dance, that is ECW, and um, so we just did a bunch of ECW episodes, uh, four episodes of TV on that latest show. That's number 21, I think. Um, I feel like there's something else that I'm missing, but I've been doing uh, so many that it's hard to keep up, but... um, You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at... Jenny Position. Miranda's at Moms and Nerd. Um, Geek and Sassy is at Geek and Sassy. We are also on Instagram and the Facebook page. We are on Facebook. Jenny Position has a Facebook page too, so um, you can leave us a review there. And if you want to, I'll, if you do that, I will read it. Okay? Oh. Right. Um, anything else before we get out of here? 
Um, as cheesy as it sounds, I've not done this too much in the four years, but um, like, share, comment. That's how you can support a podcaster. Yeah. I know a lot of people say Patreon. If we had one and we ever go there, we'll tell you we don't. So the best thing you can do for us is share our content. If you love it, if you don't love it, tell us what you don't love. If you do love it, tell us what you do. I mean, even if you tell me what you don't love, I may not take it into consideration. But, you know, sometimes you just need to get things out. So, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feedback, yeah, like, feedback is great because sometimes yeah. you feel like you're just like – talking into the void or whatever and right you know some people are really good at 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 the feedback and then yeah. you know there's tons of stuff i listen to and oh, i yeah. don't give any feedback about Same. so um and i i love patreon and what it does and i even have some that i support via patreon but i think if you want to support one of the best things that you can do is to share our content and like our content and when we ask questions Tweet at us and, and give us your answers. I know a lot of people that listen, they don't answer. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you no answer? <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Stay safe. We'll do. Yes. And stay sane. And stay at home. Bye.